Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's been a great week celebrating Independence Day, the 4th of July. My name is Jumpin' Jay. This is 80s Wrestling, the podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Tommy Two Bits Fierro. <laughs> Ah, oh, why'd you turn it off, man? I'm over. I'm over here. I'm over here, literally sitting in front of my computer at my desk, and I'm literally strutting and cutting as that song was playing, man. Listen, there is something about that riff that just gets your fingers to the sniffing and your feet to the uh, strutting. There, I, I, Brutus the Barber Beefcake is the topic of today's show, Tommy, and you and I both love Brutus. And we love what he contributed to the wrestling scene in the 80s and 90s. So I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. But before we dive in, man, I got to know, how was your 4th of July? It was good, man. Just hung out with my family. About 25 hamburgers, 25 hot dogs. Just, uh, you know, trying to keep weight, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying, man. The food is always going. I heard some crazy statistic about the number of hot dogs and hamburgers that we consume over the 4th of July weekend what, as a country. Right, what it is, I don't what remember. Is it? I have to Google it now. But I heard it on the radio, and it was staggering. It was like, oh, my right. word, I can't believe we put down that much. But you got to think, if, if everybody out there has even two hot dogs or a hot dog and a hamburger, that's a lot when you add it all up. So that's a pretty cool thing. Listen, man, we're diving into a conversation about Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I myself have not had to pay for a haircut in about eight years. Mother Nature and Father Time <laughs> has given me, you know, the one and done uh, hairstyle. I got to know, Tommy, you've got a head of hair on you. How often do you visit the barber shop? Well, first of all, Jay, that's a very good question because right now I look like Teen Wolf with my, my hair and I, I need a haircut <laughs> desperately. And uh, I, I try to, I try to, you know, like once a month, but sometimes, you know, it, 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 it's, and, I, I'm, and I'm sure everyone will understand this. It sounds easy on paper just to go get a haircut, but when you're busy and you've got a job and you've got kids and it's finding that hour to go do that, it's, it's tough sometimes. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know that you're blessed not to be able to get a haircut over the last eight years. Uh, my hair, for some <laughs> reason, it, it grows like freaking weeds. Uh, I wear a hat 99.9% of the time anyway, so I'm really not too worried about it. It's just when my facial hair starts looking like uh, Wolverine, you know what I mean? I dig it, man. That's a, that's a strong look where you can get the side chopped yeah, I can, like I can, Wolverine. I can actually use I can actually use Brutus the Barber Beefcake right now for a haircut. The, the cool part is I'm actually going to see Brutus this Monday night because uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more at the end of the episode. Everyone knows that I'm a part of the last match pro wrestling rock musical that uh, is currently being produced this Monday, actually, Jay, in New York City at the Cutting Room. They're going to have a concert with all the music for the musical and uh, – a ton of ISPW wrestlers will be there to, uh, to, to get a viewing of it. Uh, some investors will be flying in from, from all over. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake is actually going to be – so we have a, we have a legends pool uh, of producers in the, the last match pro wrestling musical, which we'll talk about in upcoming weeks. And Brutus the Barber Beefcake is actually one of the uh, producers in that pool of legends. So I, I'm going to be working a lot more closely with Brutus in the upcoming weeks and months and, and years ahead. So it's exciting that today he's the topic of conversation because I will be with him this Monday. But I, 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 I can't. I don't think I can wait to this Monday to get a hair, haircut, Jay, because I got I got to at least look sharp because I can't. I don't really think I can wear a hat there. So I have to uh, have to I have to look the part. So yeah, I might have to dig down deep. And, uh, and, 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 and I don't know you, Jay, but like, uh, you, you know, you, it doesn't cost you any money, but you know, Jersey, 25, 30 bucks for, for a haircut, then tip, you're looking at 40, 50 bucks. So I try and hold off as much as I possibly could because I wear a hat all the time anyway. But, uh, yeah, I will see Brutus this Monday. And, uh, it's an interesting conversation. I, I do want to talk about his career because there's some stuff that I know both of us want to say. 
I, you know what? The, the fact that we chose this topic and I had no idea that you'd be running into the man himself in just a few days, that is an incredible coincidence. And so let's have a great conversation today. That way you can tell Brutus when you see him. We just did a show dedicated to his contributions to the sport we all love. We're going to kick the conversation off. By taking a few calls, we got a few callers on hold right now, and I'm sure this first guy is looking sharp, probably fresh from the barber shop himself. We're talking to our good friend Brian the Brain. Brian, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Tommy. Um, hope you guys uh, are doing well. Hey, man. You see, yesterday I actually uh, actually retweeted two of. Brian the Brain's tweets, and I see you're getting a lot of new followers thanks to that. So I'm gonna keep doing that for you, man. You do you put out some good content, and I want to uh, help get you some more followers. I, I'm seeing it's helping you so far. It seems like every time I do it, you're getting a bunch of new followers. So that's good. I am, and that was that was too cool. That uh, Bundy uh, Hogan WrestleMania two on Showtime one that really blew up and brought back a lot of cool memories for a lot of people. So yeah, thanks for that, man. When, when, when we get off the air, I'm going to give you my mailing address. I, I do certified check order, or I can give you my, my PayPal or Venmo for all the hookups, all right? <laughs> I think I got you. I think I know where you're at, man. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. I, I, got, again, I, got the, tell, I got the address to the wrestling collector even. Tell, uh, tell everyone again your, your, your handle on Twitter because you, you, you put out really cool content every day. Uh, tell hey, everyone thanks. out there listening. Yeah, if they're doing the at, it's just at 80 underscore wrestling. And then, uh, you know, if you're looking it up just by what it's titled, it's just 80s wrestling fan. So 80S and then wrestling fan. And so, yeah, try to keep it fresh and do some cool stuff all the time. Awesome, man. So, yeah, we're uh, talking about today the career of Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And anyone out there listening right now that would like to join in the conversation, please give us a call live. It's 516-595-8. Two nine five. Once again, that's five one six five nine five eight two nine five. Talking about the career of Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and I guess we'll start off with you, man. What 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 is your favorite memories of, of Brutus Beefcake? Well, for me, it's uh, it's right when he uh, got involved with uh, Roddy and Adrian's match at WrestleMania three. Because with Roddy headed out the door, I was like, well, shoot, who's going to be the guy I'm going to root for now? So. Yeah, uh, Brutus was uh, top of the list at that time. And I'll ask you guys, do you remember the origin of uh, the Brutus gimmick? Well, I mean, do either it, of it you was that match, the loser got there between Piper and uh, it was, I think it was Piper's career on the line against Adrian Tear, correct? Well, that, and then if you go six weeks before that, um, they actually had a six-man tag match with uh, Brutus, Greg Valentine, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Adrian Adonis, yep. and they went up against the Can-Am Connection with Lanny Poffo, and Adrian thought he had Rick Martel in the corner, and he cut some of Brutus's hair. So it yeah, was yeah. Uh, they didn't show it a ton, but it was kind of cool because Brutus was there to get revenge and cut Adrian's hair at WrestleMania three. Oh, and the yeah, question man. I'd have for you, if you uh, you know, if you get a chance, you really have plenty of other cool stuff to talk about. But I always wondered, was Brutus, like, hiding under the ring? Because the match with the, the Dream Team and the Rougeos, where the Dream Team won, but they dropped Brutus and took on Dino Bravo, I always wondered if Brutus was hiding under the ring during the Roddy match or if he was hanging out, you know, next to the crowd, kneeling down next to the rail, or if he actually went that huge uh, – you know, walkway all the way back to the locker room and then ran out for the end because that was kind of – he just showed up out of nowhere, and I didn't I'll, know where he came from. I'll tell you what. Like I said, um, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry. I under I misunderstood your question. I, I do remember that six-man tag. I think he meant when he was in WrestleMania what the stipulation was, so I, I apologize for that. But, yeah, I do remember that six-man. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to get that answer for you. As I said, I'm going to be with him this Monday. I'm going to ask him, and I'll find out, and I'll give, the yeah, answer so I'll give it to you next week here on the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, you can see if he actually had to wait under the ring for that or or, uh, or run that long distance and be there in the nick of time to uh, to help out with the haircut. And that must have been a frustrating haircut with Adrian's soaking wet, sweaty head and uh, 
and there's uh, clippers that are battery powered, not quite doing the work. So I think Roddy knew how difficult that was going to be and was like, yeah, let Brutus do it. No problem. (laughs) Yep. 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 And then he was all, you know, poor Brutus. He was always right on the cusp of the IC championship, you know, this uh, WrestleMania four beat hockey by, uh, count out and then SummerSlam, ron bass takes a spur to his head so warrior takes his spot and then uh you know the next SummerSlam, he's main event but after that you know he gets hurt in the july 4th you know horrific accident and carrie von eric takes his spot at SummerSlam to to be perfect so I, I was always rooting for him to win that ic title and it just wasn't to be but uh Heck of a career from Brutus with, you know, he had a, a little run in 85 with Hogan um, on house shows for the title and then, uh, you know, came back around it with, as tag partner in that No Holds Barred main event and also the SummerSlam main event against uh, Savage and Zeus. So he, he did a lot of things in wrestling and he was uh, a huge fan favorite that I know we all enjoyed. So that's yeah, good talking about Brutus. And uh, and I know you got other callers. I won't I won't take all day with you here. Uh, just want to uh, wish you both well and uh, good topic on the show. And thanks again for the uh, for the tweeter or the Twitter uh, retweets tweeter. and whatnot. The tweeter. Yeah, tweeter. Tweeter and the monkey man. Old, old Bob Dylan song, if I remember right. When I when I when I see it, brother, I, I, every time I I, I I don't really get a chance to scroll through Twitter really, but anytime I do see your stuff, I always retweet it. So I'll, I'll try and keep a better eye on it for you. Yeah, someday I'd love to get together with, uh, oh, shoot, you and Jay and, uh, and Danny and, uh, and, and uh, Tom, Toto with Tom. I'd just, that would be real fun to uh, get together someday and uh, talk wrestling and you know, have a beer or two. Sounds good, brother. All right, you guys take yeah. care and have a great day. You too, Brian. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. Brian kicking off the conversation with the origin of Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Prior to that, he was Brutus Beefcake, kind of a male dancer type gimmick. And you have to wonder, Tommy, how far he would have went if the barber part hadn't been added. Because this is the the era where the WWF, at least, is going more kind of family-friendly, going to market the kids with action figures and posters. And Brutus had a lot of figures, had a lot of merchandise with the barber gimmick. I got to wonder if he would have stuck with just kind of like the male stripper gimmick, how much they would have been able to market that in this situation. So I think it was a brilliant move to kind of give him that moniker of the barber. Absolutely. And, and real quickly, before we get to the next caller, I, I, I want to make mention of this because I think it's pretty important because um, I, I, I definitely feel this way about it, is that, you know, I, I don't think, you know, he recently got, you know, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame recently in, in the last couple of years, but he is someone that is grossly overlooked as far as his contribution to that time period of wrestling, because there's no question about it. At one point, Jay, he was one of the top stars in that entire company in the entire company. And I don't care what anyone says that he was Hogan's boy, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, he was over fucking crazy. Excuse my language. He was over like crazy. You go back and you watch his matches, and you watch when he comes out and how that place automatically just jumped up out of their seats. It, it's, it's not you – could, you could be Hulk Hogan's best friend in the world, but when he comes by himself, he's out there by himself, and the fans have to gravitate towards who they want to gravitate towards. He is someone that, me growing up as a kid, he was one of my favorites growing up. You know, Hogan obviously was the top guy. You know, he had Savage up there. But he, he was one of the top five guys, uh, baby faces, in that company the entire time he was there. So I, I think that, and, and great, he might not be, you know, granted, he might not be Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels in the ring. Who cares? Who cares? All, you, all I care about as a promoter, I look at it totally differently. I look about what's putting asses in seats. I'm looking about who's getting the biggest reactions, and I'm looking at who's selling merchandise. And you're telling me back then that he wasn't selling a shitload of merchandise? Absolutely he was. I remember as a kid, I, had, I have his posters. I have his poster on the wall in my store right now. But I remember as a kid, I would have all the Brutus Beefcake posters. Remember the big black banner 
the big flag banner, wall banner. I had that. I mean, he had a lot of merchandise back then, man. And I and I know as a, as a fan growing up, I had all of it. Yeah, it, when it came to watching wrestling, anytime the barber came on your screen, it was pure entertainment. It might not be a technical classic match, but it didn't have to be. Everybody had a part to play. And Brutus's part at this time was that entertaining, get the crowd on their feet, get them excited because they knew they were going to see somebody getting their hair cut at the end of the match. And that's what you wanted to see with Brutus of our beefcake. He'd come down to that music, he'd be strutting, but you were there to see the cutting. And Brutus never disappointed me as a young fan. We're going to take our next phone call. We're going to Parsippity, New Jersey to check in with Tom. Tom, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? How you been? Hey, Tom. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Unfortunately, I haven't uh, talked to you in a while. I've been busy working with other things, but uh, I wanted to tell you, I wanted to thank you for WrestleCon. That was great, and I uh, had a great oh, time going to WrestleCon. Right? Yes, I was actually the guy that came up to you, and I'll, I'll bring back some memories for you. I was the guy that walked up to you and told you, hey, do you remember when uh, – you remember you said you were at the TV taping when uh, when Piper uh, uh, when Andre grabbed uh, Hogan's uh, yes. chain and, and and Piper said, "Hey man, you're bleeding." I was the guy that that, that said you you had the cut on your leg. Oh, oh yeah, and, and remember you cut your leg? You had that gash on your leg. Yes, my brother. You, and I you said you're ble- ble- I said you're bleeding, man, and you started laughing. <laughs> I said, "No, you're actually bleeding." Yes, dude. Now I now I totally remember. I'm so sorry about that. And you did and, help and, me. And Jay, I, Jay, I so regret. I was so busy that day. I'm so regret. I wanted to meet you. I just, I just didn't get a chance to meet you. And unfortunately, I really wanted to meet you. But I apologize because I really wanted to say hello to you. Well, you I know, appreciate so that, Joe. Hopefully, hopefully but... if there's another one, hopefully if there's another one down the line. I know the weather was terrible that weekend for you. I know you flew in from Minnesota. We had torrential rains that day. But uh, yes, hopefully, did. if there's another one. We could, uh, you know, we could definitely meet up. I can get a picture with you. I would I love that. Absolutely, well, I actually, I absolutely. actually, I actually think the weather helped me that day because that place, <laughs> that place was pretty packed, you know. Oh, it was. Oh my God, it was. It was, it was such a great time. Got to meet Jesse and uh, got to meet a lot of people, which was great. It brought back so many great memories. So I want to thank you for that. I, I, uh, dude, I, to- so- I totally, I totally remember now because he, he did come up to me. He goes, "You're bleeding," and I started laughing. And he goes, no, man, you're yeah. really bleeding. And I looked down at my leg. My leg is gushing blood. What the hell? I must have bumped into something and cut it or something. But <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember the story. I remember the story from previous podcasts when you said you were there at the TV taping back yeah, yeah. with the whole Andre Hogan thing with Piper on Piper's pit. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, again, thank, yeah. you again for, thank you again for saving my life because I might have blooded that because it wasn't for you. And then also. Oh, hey, listen, any, any time, any time. So. And thank you but for anyway, coming, get, man. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. I actually brought two of my friends who were big wrestling fans. They had a blast. They we're all around the same age, and they had a blast. My one friend got a picture with uh, Greg Valentine, and it was just a great time. So, real quick before but, you give me your before you give me your Brutus thoughts, yeah. I, I want to say real quickly too because so many fans and, and, and you 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 were with me one on one, so you you can attest to this probably uh, since we did have a one on one conversation. Um, so many people that met me that day. And I, a, a lot of them were from the, the show that was to the show that I've never, you know, I never met before. And, and they would send me messages afterwards. Or even that day told me like, we, we, we can't believe how calm you are. Like I was just wait, wait time. I was just walking around like nothing was wrong. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think more, and I think Mark Henry got there a little late, right. Where with travel issues or something. Yeah, yeah, you did. just, you just seemed to stay so calm. It was amazing. <laughs> awesome, it was amazing. Man. And Jay, I guess Jay, you were in the back, and you were in the back near Jesse, because unfortunately, I, you know, I I didn't get a chance to uh, see where you were at. He was all over the place, well, Jay. Right, Jay? Okay. I was wa- I was walking around the entire day, but listen, in a room full of those superstars, I am the last guy yeah. you should be looking for, Tom. You did the right <laughs> thing by going no, to the superstars. No, table. I really. I next time, I definitely got to meet up. We spent a lot of time with, with the one guy who was dressed as Dusty Rhodes, so we had a blast. You know, it was so much fun. <laughs> it was so much That's fun. Cool. But um, getting the Brutus, who was there, who, who's uh, obviously his real name is Ed Leslie, uh, it was great to see him again. But uh, my uh, my uh, two memories of him, obviously, were obviously when he first started, when he was a, 
a heel with uh, Greg Valentine, the Dream Team. I actually have a shirt with uh, Johnny Valiant, I guess, was his manager. And uh, my other memory is I remember when he got into that serious parasailing accident and almost died. And I guess he had, uh, what, plates put into his head? And they didn't know if he was ever going to come back from that. And he ended up coming back. Remember the WrestleMania, I believe it was at Caesars Palace uh, in Vegas when he teamed up with Hogan against Money Incorporated? You guys remember this? When he had that plate on? Absolutely. He had that base plate. And by the way, Money Incorporated were at WrestleCon. If I can throw a plug in there for WrestleCon, you had uh, uh, Mr. Mike Rotunda and Ted DiBiase. They were at WrestleCon. I got that chance to meet both of them. But um, that was my memory of Brutus, how he came back. And he put that face plate on. He had the face plate, and he wrestled with Hulk. And, uh, you know, luckily he survived that incident. Because they had said if he wasn't a professional wrestler, a wrestler, if he wasn't a big muscular guy, he probably would have died. So that was quite a uh, incident he went through. Absolutely. You know, so those are my memories of Brutus. He was a, he was a good entertainer. He had a, you know, very good physique and uh, – he was a very, I've met him several times over the years. He's a very, very nice guy. And uh, that's, it, that's it, guys. So, listen, keep up the great work with the podcast. And, uh, Tommy, remember, man, you're bleeding, man. Whenever I see you now, I'm going to say that. You're bleeding, Awesome. Man. I hope you do. All right. Take care, guys. All, All right, right, brother. You too, Thank, you, Thank you. So let me ask you this. Tommy, do you do you know what caused the gash on your leg? I I I don't, man. So it's funny that he said that. And, and now I remember completely that I met him. Is that I was just walking around the convention, just checking up on everyone, everything. And he came out to me. He goes, he goes, hey Tommy, you're bleeding. And I thought he I thought he was doing piper, so I started laughing. And he goes, no, you're you're really bleeding. And I looked down at my leg, is fucking freaking gushing blood. What the? I must. I don't know what happened. Maybe I was moving the table. I don't know what happened. And Luckily, there was there was there was band aids on premises, and uh, I'm okay now, brother. Well, that's good to hear. So, conversation is off to a good start. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Everybody kind of remembers that parasailing accident that took him out of wrestling action for quite some time. Thankfully, he was able to make that recovery and return to the ring and have some memorable moments. Refresh my memory, Tommy. Is it around the time of this accident and his return that he took a more active role outside of the ring? Is this when the barbershop kind of debuted around this same time? Uh, you know, I, I, we'd have to look that up. I'm not sure exactly when the barbershop debuted. I'm just, I, obviously, after he became a babyface, it happened. So, But that's another thing I want to talk about is that is that barbershop because – I mean that right there, man. Talk about and you know, you know, I'm a big fan of the old talk show segments, like gigantically, right. and I know that you are as well. And that that barbershop man was so good uh, as far as you know the content that was on there every week. And you know, sure it was it was a prop. You know, it was a prop for people to come on there. You know, and for the most part, he just held the microphone. But it's a testament to how over he was as a character at that time for them to give him, you know, his very own talk show segment, you know? Right. And those segments is what we use to further storylines, to make characters. And they gave them to people who had the skills on the microphone. And so meaning that you had good dictation, you, you were easily understood, but that you could think on your feet and you could kind of, with your words, help, build a storyline in the right direction so if they gave you one of those talk show segments i i look at it as a big vote of confidence in your abilities not only to get yourself over but to get the product as a whole over and so when you think of brutus of our beefcake one of my biggest memories is that barbershop is that segment and everybody knows the most famous barbershop segment of all time with the rockers split up in my mind, if you don't have the barbershop setting with that glass window, if you would have broken up the rockers on, say, the Brother Love set, it just wouldn't have had the same impact as it did on that barbershop. And so that is one of the, the segments that is forever etched in my mind. 
And without Brutus the Barber Beefcake, without that barbershop, that split just would not have been the same. And so you can't think of the Rockers split being as iconic as it was without Brutus and the stage that was set for that split. Yeah, absolutely, man. I couldn't agree with you more. So I, I want to I dive more into what we were talking about before the last call where I just started talking about how, you know, Brutus doesn't nearly get the credit he deserves as far as his contributions to that time period of wrestling. Uh, I, again, I, I make mention of it. He, he's not Shawn Michaels and he's not Bret Hart, but he didn't need to be. He was a over-the-top flamboyant character during a time frame when all there was out there. That was That's what was getting over. And I don't want to hear he was where he's at because he's Hogan's boy because, again, he might have teamed up with Hogan in the SummerSlams. But he he is someone that when he went out there on his own, he got over just as good. He was one of the top most over guys in that entire company. May, may I say the entire business at that time as far as an over character goes. I don't want to hear that, you know, he, you know, he, he's someone that, that, that doesn't – I don't want to hear it. He, you go back and you watch the footage from, from the 80s in that time frame, there wasn't that many guys more over than he was. That's a fact. I 100% agree. And we're going to talk more about that. Uh, quick Google tidbit. The parasailing action t- accident took place in 1990. The first barbershop episode happened a year later in 91. So that was WWE's way of getting Brutus back on TV, back in the mix without having to wrestle. Uh, he would do a few run-ins under a mask, uh, unnamed character, but he wouldn't make his official in-ring return until 1993. So the barbershop was, in fact, a way to keep him on TV because he was over with fans, and he was uh, someone who had drawing power at that time. Now, we've had an in-depth discussion on a previous episode about the uh, – no holds barred match, you know, with, with Hogan and Brutus against Randy Savage and Zeus. And if you scour the internet, there's some talk, there's some questions about was Brutus, the barber beefcake, the right guy to team with Hogan for that big marquee matchup. And you and I had a discussion about this during our, uh, our, our SummerSlam episode, but we both are in agreement that, Bruce or Beefcake was one of the top baby faces at that time. And if it wasn't going to be Brutus, who possibly, what is your thoughts? Refresh my memory when it comes to uh, the movie, the match, no holds barred. Why was Brutus the Bar Beefcake the right guy to team with Hogan for that epic tag team battle? I, I think he was the right guy because he was one of the top over baby at the time. Now, I'd have to have a sheet in front of me because this is what 80. I was there. I was there in the 89 one when it was uh, Hogan and Beefcake against um, DiBiase and I mean Savage and Savage and Zeus, right? Yeah, Savage and Zeus. I was there for it. it was at the Meadowlands Arena in New Jersey. So I'd have to I'd have to look back on that. Let me let me actually pull that up right now. I'm gonna pull up some. Not that I don't know it by heart anyway. I'm just gonna pull up. That's a good question. I'm going to pull up SummerSlam. Let's do SummerSlam 88 first. So SummerSlam 88 was Hogan and Savage. So that was fine. And 89, so Savage was still a baby face. No, Savage was a heel at this time. It was Savage and Zeus. Uh, let, me, let me pull up the, the lineup and see who you pull could up have been the in lineup. that spot. Yep. So you were there All at right, that so. particular pay-per-view? Yeah, I was there for the 89 one. So here, here's the lineup. So that's a good question you brought up. Who, who else would you have put in that spot if it wasn't for Brutus Beefcake? This is a good topic that we can talk about. Let me, let me read over the, the matches that people that were on that show. And obviously it's SummerSlam, so all the big names are going to be on it, right? So Dusty Rhodes. Let's think of the possibilities, though. Dusty Rhodes wrestled Hunky Tom Man. Imagine Hogan and Dusty as a team. again. That would have been pretty damn cool. That would have been pretty well, damn cool. That would have been cool, and I will tell you this. The Brutus, the Barber, Beefcake, Honky Tonk matches, anytime they wrestled, it was very entertaining. So I could see them having a big match on SummerSlam 89 pay-per-view if you would switch out Dusty and Brutus. Brutus and Honky Tonk would have been a good match. I'll be honest with you, if they would have switched it out, I would have rather have seen Hogan and, and Dusty Rhodes as a team 
I think that would have been really, 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 really cool. And then uh, Mr. Perfect wrestled the Red Rooster on that. Obviously, the Rooster is the baby face. I, I, I just can't see uh, a Red Rooster strutting down with Hogan in the main event. Um, uh, Tito Santana was teaming up with the Rockers against Martel and the fabulous Rougeau brothers. Uh, Tito at that time, I think, uh, you know, I'm a big Tito, Tito guy, but I think that Brutus was a little bit more over in that, in that time frame. In that time frame, 89, right. that's number 89. And, and, Tito, and Tito and Rick Martel, they had heat, so that match needed to take place. Ultimate Warrior obviously would have been a, a, a perfect partner for Hogan, but he was he was already in a storyline with Rick Rude at the time, <laughs> so you couldn't have done and, that, you know? And then seeing have Warrior a, wrestle Zeus would have been something to behold. Oh, brother, I would, have, I would have paid damn good money to see that match one-on-one. Can you imagine... Dude, I want to see that match so bad. Ultimate Warrior against Zeus. That's been fantastic. <laughs> you got you got um, Warrior who notoriously works a little stiff, and you got Zeus who is is an actor doing his very best to step into the world of professional wrestling. And so that would have been two big men just colliding. And then it was Jim Duggan teaming up with Demolition against Andre in the Twin Towers. Duggan was uh, just as over as Beefcake was during that time frame. No, no, no question about it. But I think that Duggan had a storyline going with Andre at the time, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it made more sense to put Duggan in that situation. But yeah, Duggan could have Duggan could have easily slipped in that spot with Hogan. And then uh, Valentine took on Hercules. Hercules uh, was the babyface. Hercules was 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 you know he was he was decently over. I don't think he was over as Beefcake was or or Duggan was, but uh, he had a little no, I don't... baby face. Yeah, Hercules was, was good, but he little, wasn't as marketable. Theme. And then the other yeah, one was Tibiasi against Jimmy Snuka. Uh, I mean, you can always put Snuka in that position. I'm yeah. sure he would do good, but he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't positioned as one of the top baby pieces. So, yeah, if you look at the lineup and what they already had, you could have did Dusty. You could have 100% done Dusty. Uh, you could have done Warrior, too, but obviously Warrior was in a program with Rude, and you couldn't do that. Duggan you could have done, but Duggan was in a program with Andre at the time. So, yeah, I think, I think they made the right choice of either having to be Beefcake, which they did, or it could have been Dusty, because I don't think Dusty and Honky were – were they in a big feud at the time or no? You know, they probably had a little bit of a feud going. That was, that's that, not one of the marquee feuds that you think of when you think of Dusty Rhodes or you think of Honky. No, um, but there had to be – I'm sure there was some kind of buildup to it. I mean, they could they uh, have – There must have been. You're right. They could have easily done Brutus and Honky. But all, all things considered, and if you look at you look at that card, right? All things considered, I think they made a good choice with Beefcake as Hogan's partner, and, and it had nothing to do with him being Hogan's friend. It's just that you you have to look on the babyface side and see right. who's over enough, who's over enough to be Hogan's partner. And it could have been Dusty, and the other guys. Like I said, they were they were all they were all locked in with storylines already. So yeah, I mean, storyline wise. It, it makes sense. It made sense. Now was you got to refresh my memory now because now we're just we're just talking here. But SummerSlam '88 was Brutus and Honky scheduled for that one, and that's the one where uh, Brutus got injured, couldn't show up, and so then Warrior filled in for him and beat Honky Tonk. Was that SummerSlam '88? Yes, and I, and they did. Yeah, and they did the storyline. Uh, that he wasn't able to compete because of the injury he received from uh, from Betsy, outlaw Ron Bass's uh, Betsy, a couple of weeks prior to that. Yeah, so if they were, if Brutus and Honky were scheduled to meet SummerSlam '88, and obviously that didn't happen, it would have made sense to have a return match in '89. So you could have plugged Brutus in there with Honky Tonk match to give us the yeah. match that was advertised from a year prior, and then put Dusty Rhodes in that main event. Yeah, well, could I think either would have worked. Well. It's fun to kind of sit back and Monday morning quarterback what could have happened or what should have happened. But there is no denying that Brutus of our beefcake was one of the top baby faces at that time and that he was a good fit for that match because he was also somebody that could help lead a Zeus through the ring because Zeus was not a trained professional wrestler. So they needed somebody who they could trust. And obviously Barber was someone they could trust. And that's why they slid him into that spot. Yeah, like I said, if you, if you look at it as far as on paper and who was already plugged in the programs already, they didn't really have that many options. And, uh, so it's more than him just being his friend. If you look at, see, I look at things a lot differently than than, uh, than other people do just because 
I understand how you structure a card. I understand how, you know, I, I understand all that stuff. So I, I, if you look at it that way and, and people that are already programmed into storylines already, there wasn't that many options to have someone as, as Hogan's partner because you couldn't throw the Red Rooster in there. You need someone that is capable of, of, of getting a pop and reaction themselves without being Hulk Hogan's tag team partner, and, and, and they did with Brutus. Absolutely. Now, uh, I want to I wanna come back to this time period in the 80s and early 90s, but just for a second, just because it's you and I, no callers on hold, let's dip our toes into the later 90s. When Brutus went to WCW for the first few years, he kind of had a long string of kind of oddball names and oddball gimmicks. But then when the NWO hit, do you remember when Brutus came back as the disciple and looked almost unrecognizable at first? He had that full beard. He was trimmed down, but he was in great shape. He he looked like a leather-bound biker. I did not realize the first few times that I saw him that that was, in fact, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Do you remember this time period, Tommy? Yeah, I mean, I, and I knew it was him, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess when he went to WCW, WWF owns the rights to the character Brutus Beefcake, so he obviously couldn't have done that, and you know, he, he couldn't come out there even with a pair of scissors. So I mean, there had to have been a, a gimmick change, definitely. Right, and they struggled to find one. I mean, I think they called him the Zodiac. They called him the something about the booty guy or the booty man, and I thought you, uh, I they thought kind you of floundered for a bit. Jay, I thought you were the booty man. Well, you know, I, we do have a uh, licensing uh, dispute going on right now and some trademark issues, but I don't want to get into that. Uh, but, no, when he came back as the disciple in great shape with that beard, I'm glad you knew who he was because it took me a few times of seeing him to kind of figure out that that was Brutus of our beefcake. And so I was glad that they finally found a way to kind of repackage him and give him new life because he is someone that, you know, as long as he's able to wrestle, I want to see him in the ring because he's that entertaining and that good. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. What, what, if, if you had to pick one moment, it's tough to just pick one, one moment that was your favorite Brutus beefcake memory as a, as a child growing up, what, what would it be for you? Oh, man. Honestly, this is going to be kind of a cop-out. But my favorite thing about Brutus was it didn't matter who he was wrestling. It was the moment that he put that sleeper hold on because you knew if that arm was raised and dropped three times that you were going to see somebody get their hair cut. And I don't know what it is about that at a young child's age but that was such a big exciting thing for me that he's gonna cut someone's hair and it's not like you know as a kid I would go and get my hair cut you know and they do a nice job they take their time Brutus had none of that Brutus would just grab the locks in the back of your hair and just cut out big clumps and throw it in the air and so for me my favorite memory is seeing that sleeper hold put on you know he'd throw it in, into the ropes they'd bounce back and he'd hook it in and from that moment on, I was on the edge of my seat just watching because you knew what that meant. And I think as a performer, if you can have a signature moment in your match like that, where the minute fans see something, they instantly recognize it, they know what it means, they know what's coming next, then it makes your job as a performer that much easier. Because you can build up to that moment any number of ways, but you know as soon as you slap on that sleeper hold that you're going to get the fans' attention. And I absolutely love that because not a lot of guys were using the sleeper hold. This is kind of back when they protected finishers. If somebody used a finisher, it was almost like nobody else was allowed to use it. Occasionally, you would see a sleeper hold in a different match. But when Brutus put it on, you knew that it meant something special. I'll I'll ping pong the, the same question back to you, Tommy. Do you have a moment or something about Brutus that just always stands out in the back of your mind? I'm, I'm not. I'm not copying off you, but I'm going to give you the same answer that you just gave. It, it was that moment where, you know, he he got someone in the sleeper hold, and you know, when that hand went down for the third time, that you were going to see someone get their haircut. And in nine times out of ten, it was an enhancement guy, which is fine. But yeah, right, there was something right. about there was something about just seeing a man get his haircut against his will as a child. That I don't know. Just, I'm sure that <laughs> me, you, and 
everyone else just gravitated towards him. And that, that, that was, you know, it was exciting when he hit, when, cause then when that hand went down for a second time, you know, you're about to see someone get their hair cut. And just for some reason, as a kid, it was so, it was so special and so exciting to see that. What, what I, what I want to make mention of when, when you were talking, I just, uh, uh, something came up in my head and, and what a, what a usually dropped ball this was from WWE uh, back when they had the match where it was Bobby Lashley against Umaga with um, Vince in one corner and Donald Trump in the other mm-hmm. and uh, where Vince got his, you know, his, his head shaved. I mean, what a freaking drop the ball. That didn't need to be. Can you imagine when Bobby Lashley won and then Vince sits in the chair and they put the thing on him and they're about to give him a haircut and Vince is selling it with his unbelievable, crazy facial expressions. And, you know, you know, he's just about when someone's about to cut his hair, beefcake song gets. That would have got an eruption, an eruption from the audience. And he could have came out and he could have cut Vince's hair and that would have been a WrestleMania moment. No question about it. You're absolutely right. I think Brutus is one of those characters that is so ingrained in wrestling fans' minds that it doesn't matter how many years have passed. If that music hits and he would have come strutting out from behind that curtain, the place would have popped huge for that. And then Vince could have, you know, sold even bigger at the sight of Brutus coming down with the with the Sears. And it, and it could have it could have built up that moment. Uh, even more to, to even greater heights. And I think that's, you know, that's, we always talk about storytelling in the eighties. And I think Brutus is a good example of what proper storytelling can do because you could have taken a barber gimmick and it could have fallen flat, but the fact that he sure. owned it, he strutted, he went out and got the giant hedge clippers, you know, and he used to tape them himself with the white and the red stripes to kind of make him look like the old fashioned barber poles. The fact that he owned it and would build up to that moment. And it's, you know, the sleeper hold leads up to it. Then the guy's out and Brutus wouldn't instantaneously go grab the clippers. You know, he would milk it. He'd hold up the bag. He'd reach in, he'd pull them out. He'd hold them up high and the crowd would just go bananas and it would build and build and build until he's cutting hair and throwing clumps into the air. And so the fans leave on such a high note from a Brutus match it's just it's just good storytelling, and I think you're right. If they would have incorporated him into that Donald Trump Vince McMahon angle, it would have got a huge reaction, especially from fans our age, and then you know our kids who through us learn about Brutus and see some of his matches. It would have went over huge. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100 percent, man. 100 percent. Let's let's not take away from you know what he did before he became the barber, though, because I really like the team of him and. Him and Greg Valentine together as a dream team, unless it's Johnny V. Well, I'll tell you this. I love it when a guy has a successful tag team run and then is able to successfully break off and have an outstanding singles career. And if you look at the dream team, both Greg the Hammer Valentine and Barbara, uh, Bruce the Barber Beefcake had staying power after they split up successful tag team championship tag team one of the most hated tag teams in you know the late 80s uh is their teaming together but then when they break up they both have longevity within the company which is rare because when you think about uh the rockers Shawn michaels unbelievable staying power marty Jannetty kind of fell off if you look at the hart foundation bret hart unbelievable staying power jim the anvil kind of floundered a little bit. So the fact that these two guys were a successful tag team, were able to have the split and then be successful on their own speaks volumes to just kind of the the wrestlers and performers they are. But I know there's a push right now to try to get the dream team in the hall of fame. Um, And that's something that, you know, they're, they're tag team champions. They were one of the biggest teams on the scene in the late eighties. And so maybe there is a spot for those two guys as a team to enter the hall of fame. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, they're both in the Hall of Fame already. So, I mean, as individuals, I, I yeah, mean, it, 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 yeah, it's been done before where they induct. I, I think the British Bulldogs uh, as, as a team uh, need to be in there before before that. Well, first of all, demolition. Hundred percent. Demolition is being hundred percent. Any, any, any other any other yes. tie team alive that's not in the Hall of Fame right now, they need to be in there first. Yes, I agree. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked I liked him and Valentine together, and you know, and uh, you know, I, I like the stuff that he did, you know, after you know he came back with the barber shop and stuff like that, and like the WCW stuff, I wasn't really a big fan of. But the, I guess the overall thing is the the overall take of the, this whole podcast today is, I, in my opinion, is he just didn't get the respect that he deserves, and I, I think that again. Uh, you go back and you watch some of those matches when he came out, when he's a singles guy, not when he's with Hogan. And when he comes out, that place literally explodes every single time. So when some of the, and the place is exploding every single time, obviously there's something there. And, uh, and I just don't think that he, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for just how much of an impact he had on that WWF brand during the golden era of professional wrestling, he was a major, major part of it. And I don't think any, I think a lot of people don't realize that what a major part of the show he was, because there's been many times where he was the main event of the B town, you know, that, that, you know, he was, he was over enough to be able to do that. I, I just think people that don't, people that say he didn't contribute or is not that good, or they just don't understand they don't understand the inside working of the, of the wrestling business because I look at him and view him completely differently. No, he absolutely was one of those guys that was the main star. And Brian of Range from California mentioned that he would have liked to have seen Brutus the Barbie Cake have a run with the IC title. And there are wrestlers where you say they didn't need the title, uh, they did just fine without it. And there's no arguing that Brutus the Barbie Cake did just fine without an icy title run, but he is a guy who I think should have held the icy title during this late eighties, early nineties run of his. And who knows if it wasn't for the parasailing accident, maybe he would have had one, but he's a guy who I look at and go, he was entertaining enough. He was good enough. He was over enough that I think the icy strap and him would have went very well together. I don't know catapulted him to the next level. I don't know if I ever see Brutus, you know, challenging uh, for the world heavyweight title on like a main, but certainly an icy title run for uh, the barber would have been fun to see. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that he would have made a really good intercontinental champion. And I think, I think the belt would have elevated him a little bit more, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. He, he had a, he had a fantastic run, fantastic run in the WWF. Yeah, he did. And it's, a, it's, it's one of those things where if that accident didn't happen in 1991, you kind of wonder what direction his career could have went if it would have, you know, he might've been a lifetime WWF guy if it wasn't for that accident. Um, and then we would never even have had the WCW uh, portion of his career. And he's one of these guys who uh, I'm jealous that you get to meet him and maybe you've met him before, uh, but you get to see him this Monday because he is one of these guys who was such a part of the wrestling scene and such a part of our childhood. I mean, I have his LJN figure. I have his Hasbro figure. Um, you have some of his posters and his other things. So he's one of these guys that is so closely associated with the era of wrestling that I fell in love with that I would absolutely love the opportunity to just kind of talk to him and, and get his take on some things because it, to be at the level he was during the height of the golden era of wrestling, you know that he's seen a lot of things and he knows a lot of things and it was quite the ride for him. So just be able to kind of take some time and reminisce with him would be very cool. I think it's awesome that the last match is tapping legends on the shoulder to kind of be a part of it. Because if you want to make a wrestling show accurate on the wrestling side, to talk to guys who lived it is the best way to go. And so the fact that they're bringing in star stars like the barber and that they get to kind of speak into the, the product, it makes me confident that this last match is going to be an incredible experience for fans. Yeah, man, I'm I'm really excited to have uh, have them part of it. And again, we're gonna have a lot more information uh, coming up on the last match pro wrestling musical. And you can actually, if you guys are on Instagram, please do me a favor and and give give the uh, give it a follow. It is at the last 
Match Musical on Instagram, The Last Match Musical. And then also our website uh, for the musical is thelastmatchmusical.com, which is up now. You can go on there and take a look and get a little bit more information on it. Again, it's The Last Match Musical and uh, on Instagram and the website. Now, also, like I said, this Monday night, it's going to be pretty cool, Jay, because we are going to be in New York City at the Cutting Room, which is a, is a pretty big place, uh, legendary spot. And um, a lot of ISW stars are going to be there as well, including the superstar Danny Morrison, Bull James, Dave LaGreca is going to be there from Busted Open Radio. Um, the Now is going to be there, Vicious Vicky. Tommy Dreamer is going to be there checking it out. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really cool deal, man. And uh, this is only the beginning um, for great things to come. So I'm I'm really excited. Again, it's a it's the uh, the cutting room. It's located at 44 East 32nd Street. It's, if you if you live in the New Jersey New York area, it's it's a it's a famous spot. So it's it's this coming Monday. Doors open at six o'clock, and the the show begins at seven o'clock. And uh, my my daughter. And the white person is going to come with me, so I'm very excited about that as well. That is incredible, and I love that it's at the cutting room, and we've been talking about Brutus the Bar Review Cake. That seems to be very fitting. And I know because I follow the last match on Instagram, they just partnered with you, Tommy, and you guys gave away a Winged Eagle championship belt very recently on Instagram. We did, and now this week we're giving away this Saturday – we are giving away a two, not one, two, uh, Hasbro still new on the package, the Bushwhackers and Ric Flair. So anyone that follows me on 80s Wrestling, that follows them, or if you just listen to the show and want to follow them, uh, they're going to pick a lucky winner randomly, like they did last week. I don't know if you saw it or not, Jay. It was pretty cool how they did it. Uh, and you're going to yeah, win they did it Hasbro. live from the Wrestling Collector. Yeah, it was really cool, man. So, yeah. um Again, just 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 follow them on Instagram to enter the contest. It's the Last Match Musical, and for more information on the Last Match Musical itself, uh, just head over to the rest uh, the Last Match Musical dot com. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm very 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 excited. It's it's a it's it's built as a pro wrestling event that happens to be an immersive rock musical, and it tells the story of Ben Vengeance, who has been a professional wrestling's biggest star for years on the night of his last match, we're going to tell the story. And I don't want to give too much away, but uh, it's, it's really cool. A lot of twists and turns. And I think everyone, once they see it, is, is really, really, really going to dig it. So this Monday is, is the kickoff, just the concert of the actual musical itself. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for you. I, I know it's going to be successful. I wish nothing but the best success for it. I got to meet some of the people at 80s Wrestling Con, some of the people that are putting this show together. That was a treat, and so I'm thrilled for you, and it's all starting, and I can't wait to see how it all goes for you. We're going to round the corner to wrap up today's program, but first we're going to take another phone call on Brutus the Barber Beefcake from a guy who no doubt has not a hair out of place on his head. I'm talking about Danny from Butler. Danny, welcome to the program. Tommy, Jumper Jay, what's going on? I'm glad I was able to get through uh, to you guys on vacation. Hey, bro. Oh, you're on vacation. That's right, man. Yes, I am. I'm about uh, 90 degrees up here in uh, in the Dominican Republic. Uh, a different kind of sun than what we're used to. Uh, it's gorgeous. But I, I said to you guys last week that I was going to make the phone call, and I, I just barely made it. I'm glad I did. That's awesome, man. That's, that's a loyal, loyal listener, Jay, when... Uh, so they, they call away from vacation in the Dominican Republic, man. Listen, I am blown I, away right now that we're talking to Danny from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm, a, I'm a man of my word. If I'm, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm glad I was able to get through. Uh, you know, I, a great topic, uh, you know, one of the, you know, Buddhist beefcake, uh, one of the more colorful, super the over in that era, you know, he had a, Run as a still a great run as a as a baby face, and uh, how do you um, you know? I like I said, one of the great uh, fan favorites. You know, I just when I think about his career, you know, I just think about a lot of close calls and misses. Obviously, uh, 
He never really had a, a a singles run with a title. I mean, he did have that tag team run with uh with Brute, uh, with the Hammer at the the Dream Team. They you know they had a pretty successful title run. You know, he had a, a, some near close uh, calls with the uh, belt. I remember he was supposed to. I think he was scheduled originally against Honky Tonk at the first SummerSlam, but I don't know why they they ended up pulling the plug on that and having them do that that angle with uh, Ron Bass when he got spurred on uh, on uh, Superstars of Wrestling. And then, uh, you know, two years later, he's supposed to go up against Perfect, and we all know what happens. He had that unfortunate, you know, parasailing accident, which definitely derailed his career and, you know, almost lost his life, which uh, it was a miracle that he actually made it. But, you know, one of the great fan favorites, you know, tremendous, uh, you know, tremendous character. You know, he was old, uh, super over, you know, it was great to meet him at, 80s wrestling, and like I said, one of my you know favorites of all time. Awesome, man. We we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Do 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 us a favor today, Danny. Make sure you have a couple cold ones for me and Jay, man. Oh, I, I trust me. Like I said, I, it ain't vacation <laughs> if it ain't nothing. Uh, if it ain't no liquid uh, diet involved. <laughs> but like I said, Danny, like that, thank you so uh, much. It's for... a pleasure always. <laughs> I, uh, you, you guys thank got you it, so man. much you for calling in, man. Enjoy your vacation, brother. All right, Sounds thanks, good, brother. Thank you. That is that's commitment a, right there, man. You can take time off of work, but you can't take time away from 80s wrestling. Nice. I love it, man. So, yeah, I, I will give you a report next week on uh, everything that happened this Monday. Uh, it's it's going to be the concert for the last match musical, the, the music that will be in the musical. And a lot, a lot of big wiggers are going to be there. Uh, pretty much the entire ISPW roster uh, will be there, uh, along with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. It's the Tommy Dreamers coming, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open. Um, Mike Johnson from PW Insider is going to be there. So it's, it's going to be a pretty cool deal, and I'm really looking forward to it. So I, I must, Jay, I must get my haircut before I'm on there. Or if, I, if I could wait, I'd have Brutus do it, but I need to get a haircut, so. But yeah, you gotta uh, wait. Again. I mean, you can't wait. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta get it done so you look sharp inside the cutting room. We got just a few minutes left before we sign off, Tommy. I want to let you know, and I want to encourage all the listeners so that they know as well. You sent me the YouTube link to the ISPW main event superstar Danny Morrison against Tommy Dreamer. What an incredible match! What an incredible crowd reaction! They were on the edge of their seats the whole time. Chance going back and forth. They went old school with a little bit of extreme, a little bit of hardcore. So thank you, Tommy, for sending me that link. If anybody has yet to see it, go to YouTube, check it out. It is a great wrestling match with a fantastic finish, as only ISPW and Tommy Fierro can deliver. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, all you have to do is just go to, go to YouTube, type in Tommy Dreamer. Danny Morrison, ISPW, and it'll, it'll pop right up, and you can see the whole match in its entirety on there. It's, it's, yeah, man, the crowd was electric for it, and uh, we are they actually were. Returning, were. To that, re- returning to that building uh, next month on August the 19th. I'm actually sitting down to work on the lineup today on that, so yeah, our next show will be ISPW back in Butler, New Jersey at St. Anthony's Church Gym on Friday evening, August the 19th. Fantastic. I mean, the crowd, there was ECW chants, there was ISPW chants. They were all in, and those two men delivered an exciting match. And then, like I said, the finish was unbelievable. And so keep up the good work, Tommy. I can't wait to see what happens next month inside that arena. Thank you, brother. And I hope everyone out there – hey, I hope everyone out there has a great weekend. And, you know, know my gimmick at the end. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I hope everybody has a great weekend, and uh, anyone that lives in the New York, New Jersey area, please come on out this Monday night, 7 p.m. start at the Cutting Room in New York City for the Last Match Musical Concert, where a ton of people within the professional wrestling industry will be there, and uh, you will have access to, to talk to them and take pictures with them and all that stuff. They're, they're coming as spectators, but... I mean, everyone's going to be there and be more than open to, to hang out and mingle as well. So until then, I will, I will have an update for you next week here uh, about that. And, uh, Jay, man, I hope you have a great weekend, brother. You too. You sure? You don't sound, you don't sound too uh, the, the, determined about that answer. 
You too. I said you too. I yeah, you I too, expect brother. you to go right. I expect no. you to go right into the, and we'll see you next no. week right here. You were looking at. I, but, you, were look, uh, you were looking at the clock. You talked to the eleven a.m. You said, "Fuck this guy. Let's get this over with already." <laughs> can I, no. But can I tell you what I honestly was looking at? Yeah. The '80s wrestling Instagram page. I am looking right now at the free giveaway of Brutus, the of uh, excuse me, uh, the Bushwhackers and Ric Flair, and so. You said that you were giving them away, and I kind of it piqued my interest. So I am looking at that uh, <laughs> right now. And so oh, you're right; man. you caught me off guard. Um, and that is because hey. there was two different there was two different variants of the Bushwhackers: uh, the That's gray the camo one, yeah. and kind of a a brown camo. And they're giving away the original gray camo, which I which I'm excited to see. And Jay, one one last thing: you you always catch me off guard, so you're completely forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's you can't, to go you can't mention weekend. '80s merchandise giveaways and not expect me to go take a glance at it. <laughs> yes. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week right here on '80s Wrestling, the podcast. 